Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Strength Talk. My name is Coach Lauren. I am your host. And inside today's episode, we are talking all things food and your relationship with it. We're talking about what a positive relationship with food looks like. We're talking about what it looks like when you need to work on improving that relationship with food. I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey in improving my own relationship with food as well as some of my clients. Um, And so I'm super happy to talk about this today because this is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while that doesn't like, yes, I will be talking a little bit about it and in in pieces on social media, but it's definitely a long conversation, which is why on a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Welcome to Strength Talk, the ultimate podcast catered to women embracing evidence-based fitness and mindful nutrition. I'm Coach Lauren, your guide to a holistic and sustainable approach to health. Say goodbye to restrictive diets, over-exercising, and unrealistic beauty standards. It's time to discover your true potential beyond aesthetics. Join us for science-backed advice, myth-busting, and empowering stories. This is Strength Talk, where femininity meets vitality. Hello, hello, everyone. So I just want to preface this by saying, and this is such the irony of this is that I'm talking about a relationship with food in our bodies, okay? And I'm going to be completely transparent. I hate what I look like with my hair up. I just don't like it. I think that I don't look good. I think that I look my five head. I feel like I have a very large forehead and in comparison to the rest of my body. I feel like my hair hides my ears and I don't like my ears. So anyway, I'm not going to pick my body apart but I'm just going to let you know that I'm not feeling that I look like my best today. And that's okay. Sometimes it do be like that. Anyway, so today we're talking about how our relationship with food affects our fitness journey, how our relationship with food affects our relationship with ourselves, how our relationship with food affects our relationship with other people, and all of those things. So I want to start off by saying by talking about my journey with food. Now, I started on the Special K diet, and I don't even know if they still have this on a box, but I know that the diet plan is still floating around, and that was the Special K diet. And I started that back in 2013-2014, and I was, I'm going to tell you right now, that diet plan was very, very, very low calorie, like less than a thousand calories a day, and I was, I was exhausted, I was irritable and it did not work out for me. Then this was, you know, this was 11 years ago, 10 years ago. And at the time there was Weight Watchers was huge and they were putting Weight Watcher points on like everything in restaurants, in like chain restaurants. So I started on the the Weight Watchers diet after that. Mind you, I was trying to run and it wasn't really working out. Um, I wasn't doing any strength training. I wasn't trying to build my muscles. I had gained about 30 pounds when I moved and got like a corporate job and I was sitting down and not moving a lot. So I was like, oh no, which is what a lot of people do. They realize that they, they are bigger than they thought they should be or want to be. And then they start on a diet. I did that textbook typical thing, right? So 
I did Weight, wa- weight Watchers for a little while, again, feeling really miserable. Then I started getting into weight training because I downloaded the bodybuilding.com app um, and I don't really use it or hear about it anymore, but it used to be that they had all these free programs on there that you could try out. I started dabbling into some weight training and then I got into what's called carb cycling. That was a disaster. I will say that. That that made me like cry every day. Finally, I got into macros and flexible dieting, which worked for a good bit until it didn't. I'm just not, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I did that for about, I started that in 2016. So I did that from 2016 up until two years ago. So six years, I, I did flexible dining for six years and it worked until it didn't. Because the thing about macros and flexible dieting is that if you do it semi-correctly, you're going to get what you need, what your body needs. Is it going to be in the healthiest way that you you're, you can give your body what it needs? No. Okay. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, when I switched to from flexible dieting and intuitive eating to, or I'm sorry, flexi- flexible dieting and macros to intuitive eating and mindful nutrition was I was prepping for a bodybuilding competition and I was just so burnt out. Like I was done. I didn't want to do cardio. I didn't want to track my macros. I was so over all of it and it was so exhausting that I kind of just quit everything. And I was like, you know, I don't like how I look. I don't feel good about myself. I really am struggling. And uh, at the time I was having some manic episodes, to be honest. And I was really, I was really having a hard time. Okay. So what ended up happening is I got on Lexapro. uh, And then I also started intuitive eating and mindful nutrition. Now, The biggest thing that I think a lot of people struggle with when it comes to their relationship with food and improving their relationship with food is they try to do it in a very controlled way of like, let me not gain any body fat. And that is literally counterintuitive. And I'll talk a little bit more about that too. Um, And so a lot of people see me and see the way that I was before and they're like, oh my God, you've gained a lot of body fat. I really have not. In the last four years... I have gained about 30 pounds and a lot of people would say, oh my God, 30 pounds in four years is not that much. I've only gained about 4% body fat. Okay. So most of that 30 pounds is muscle mass. At least 20 pounds of that is muscle mass. So I've gained about 10 pounds of body fat. For someone who was very, very thin, it was too thin for my height, um, that can seem like a lot, but it's more of less of just filled out. Okay. So, and that is totally okay. At the same time, Lexapro caused my appetite to go up. So here I am pulling off of macros, trying to listen to my body. I'm on a medication that affects my hormones and increases my appetite. So have I gained more body fat than I would have if I didn't start Lexapro and just did mindful nutrition and intuitive eating? Yes. Am I worried about it? No. 
my point here is that I want you to use me as evidence that when you start this process, it does not mean that you're just going to put on body fat like that. Okay. This is evidence that you can have something that skyrockets your appetite and still not gain that much body fat and still be very in control and still be able to uh, eat and exercise and all of those things. Okay. So that's the first point that I want to make. I want to talk about your relationship with food for a second and how to tell if you need to work to improve your relationship with food. Because I think that there are people in a couple of different categories here. And this is from my experience working with a wide range of people, okay? There are people who are just truly not aware that their relationship with food is damaged. They full-on believe that their relationship with food is healthy. But I'm going to talk about the characteristics that makes it not so healthy, okay? There's a second school of people who truly do not have a good relationship with food, are absolutely aware that they have a damaged relationship with food, but are not willing to change or not willing to pursue other options because of the fear of gaining weight. All right. And then you have a third category of people who have been the other two people for far too long And they're just like, I surrender and I'm ready to improve my relationship with the food of my body. I'm going to tell you right now that the only way to improve your relationship with food in your body is if you have fully surrendered to this idea. Okay. And I will talk about the reasons for that as well. So let's go back to signs that your relationship with food is damaged. And I want to talk about this because this is something that I personally run into day in, day out, not just with clients, not just with clients in my every single day life. When someone finds out what I do, I get a synopsis of their diet and their relationship with food. Every time I'm around people who know what I do, there's always constant talk about food. When I don't bring that up, they do, okay? And I can very much tell someone's relationship with food by the way that they approach my profession, okay? It's not surprising, though, because studies show that 50 to 70% of women struggle with their relationship with food. Over half of us are just walking around struggling with our relationship with food. That's not okay. And it's because of the dieting industry, I I want to talk about signs and symptoms, okay? So I want to make sure I get all of these, and I'm going to talk a little bit about some of them. Some of them are pretty self-explanatory. So firstly, if you obsess over thoughts about food, eating, or your weight or your body composition, constantly body checking, um... That goes against uh, with the next one, body dissatisfaction that interferes with your daily activities. Um, you feel guilty or ashamed after eating. That one's a big one. Um, let me pull this to the side, pull my notes to the side. I normally have my notes to the side, but I do not today. So let me do this. 
And then here we go. There we go. Okay. So, so where was I? Okay. So if you spend a lot of time or thoughts toward go towards eating and food choices and if you especially if you're traveling if you're worried about if you're going to have access to certain foods or uh if you have if you're going to be able to adhere to your food rules that's the next one you have rigid rigid rituals or rules around food or eating um you struggle to eat in front of others or you feel anxious when you do eat in front of others or you feel very uh you feel the need to exert a lot of control over your food choices but also other people's so making subtle comments to people about what they're eating and their food choices are that is something that is internal to you, not to the other person. Um, if you eliminate food groups or you find yourself experimenting a lot with diets or you find yourself going, oh, I'm afraid that I'm eating this way. Let me try the antidote diet to that. Let me try to combat this way of eating with a diet. If you exercise as like an antidote for what you ate or a reward, if you have unexplained physical symptoms such as like GERD or stomach problems or trouble eliminating, anxiety, depression, manic episodes, if you have outbursts like emotional outbursts, um, especially if it's around food or emotions, okay? All of these things are signs that your relationship with food needs some work, right? I am not saying these things to shame you or to to try and manipulate you in any way. What I do want to do just by naming these things is bring to light some issues that you may struggle with. The reason why I want to bring about these issues is because that is the first way to move past them, is naming them, bringing them to light, right? Writing them down. I hate that it looks like I literally have an indention in my head, but it's a vein. Anyway, I keep looking at it. It's distracting me. <laughs> um, so... The reason why a lot of these things are problematic, because a lot of people in that middle category that I named who don't necessarily want to change because they're like, I don't understand what the big deal is, okay? But um, they have they really struggle with intense cravings and mindless eating, and they want me to help them fix that. The answer is mindful eating and intuitive eating. The answer is not more control. If you feel out of control around food or certain foods or you find yourself saying things like, oh, I just can't have that because I won't stop eating. It's not the food's problem. Okay. The food doesn't do anything. Um, you punish yourself mentally or physically for the way that you eat. You e eat your emotions or you struggle with emotional eating. You are constantly trying to control your food choices or other food, others' food choices. 
and you know anxiety depression and depression is a big one it is something that studies have shown that mindful eating helps with helps improve anxiety and depression it helps improve manic episodes or lashing out at others because you're able to be fully present with yourself and others and it takes away that focus of on food because we're not supposed we're supposed to enjoy food and enjoy eating it is essential for our bodies we are not meant to control every single piece of food that goes into our face okay so how do we develop a positive relationship with food the first thing i want to say here is that i am not someone i know i talk a lot about like like you can have whatever you want like there are no rules that it does not mean that I am personally completely against um, completely against nutritious eating. There is a way to eat that is nutritious that is important for you to do that, okay? So when we look at nutrition and when we look at developing a better relationship with food, There are two really important things that I want to know is that it is incredibly important to surrender and trust that your body will know what to do. I know that this is difficult. I know it's difficult. I know it can be difficult, especially when you have not done this before and you have no evidence that your biggest fear, weight gain, around food will not come true. For some people though, it may not even be weight gain. It may be disease of some kind. Okay. I know uh, diabetes is a big disease, is a big fear for a lot of people. Weight gain is usually the biggest fear, but that doesn't mean that it's the only fear. And it can be really difficult to admit what we're really afraid of when it comes to food and our relationship with it, because we have fully convinced ourselves or people who, whose diets we follow or philosophies will follow that we do this in the name of health. Okay. That you have these food rules in the name of health. The problem is, is that if we don't have any evidence (laughs) to show that this is correct, as far as studies, we've done a lot of studies on the human body. It is really problematic to say that you're doing something in the name of health when emotionally and ultimately long term, you are struggling with your relationship with food and your body and others ultimately. Because a lot of times this happens. I do see this happen a lot of times with people who really dive hard into one way of nutrition over another. Their relationship with people in their life becomes convoluted. Okay. I've had clients who have followed the carnivore diet, for example, who have trouble, have had trouble maintaining relationships, including their coaching relationship. Um, you know, it's hard for me to coach someone who isn't getting what they what they need nutritionally and is not willing to listen. Um, but also it comes in the form of exerting your own beliefs about nutrition over others in your life 
when it's not necessary. Their journey is theirs alone, just as your journey is yours alone, right? And so um, I use that client example not to shame her um, because I think that at the end of the day, and I've said this before, at the end of the day, everyone's doing what they believe that they're doing that's good for their health in the name of health, right? The problem is, is that this has become a business for a lot of people. I can tell you right now, I get nothing unless you sign up for coaching with me. I get absolutely nothing from telling you this, okay? But it's something that I have studied intensely. It's something that I I reiterate constantly to my clients. But I get nothing. I get nothing for posting this podcast. I get nothing which is why I wanted to do this very early on, because let's say that my podcast does somehow take off. This episode, I won't profit off of it. I'll profit maybe off of future episodes. I hope I'd like to, you know, um, keep this going and and I, I have to pay my bills at the end of the day. But But at the same time, like right now in this moment, I get absolutely nothing from telling you that at the end of the day, your relationship with food is incredibly important to your long-term health, to to your relationship with your body, and to not just your physical health, your mental health as well, and to your relationship with others in your life, okay? Um, so let's talk about, I want to switch gears to a pos- more positive note. I want to talk about what, I always hit my mic. I want to talk about what a healthy relationship with food looks like, okay? Now, one thing I will say that as someone who has to be in the food and fitness industry, I do feel like at a certain extent, I am constantly and ever evolving my relationship with food and I'm discovering new things about myself because I am having diets and all these restrictive uh, things thrown at me all the time. Okay. And so I really have to check myself, but I have seen my clients work with me, improve their relationship with food and go on to do amazing things and keep up with their health and their nutrition. Okay. Um, so what does that look like though? When we have a healthy relationship with food, it looks like relief. It looks like eating is effortless. It looks like there is no pressure when you go to eat from anything. It looks like feeling connected to your body and honoring what your body needs and understanding what it needs from a hunger perspective, from a fullness perspective, and from a pleasure perspective because you deserve that. Okay. Um, And what that means is when you feel physical hunger, you are able to eat. And then when you are physically full, you are able to stop when you feel comfortable. And then when you are wanting to indulge, you're able to indulge in a way that's meaningful for you um, that, that doesn't elicit feelings of guilt and shame around your food choices. It also means that you're able to just be flexible. You're able to go on trips and travel without stress or worry on whether or not you're going to get what you need. You're able to indulge in those foods that are once-in-a-lifetime foods, foods that you wouldn't normally have. 
It means that you don't have a particular group of foods that are off limits or restricting yourself to only cheat days or binge eating because you feel bad about indulging occasionally. You don't have the fuck it mentality when it comes to nutrition. When you have a healthy relationship with food, it becomes a powerful tool in your daily life because it allows you to respect yourself and your body. But when you have this damaged relationship with food, it can steal all of your time and energy and and attention, robbing you from actually being present in your life. When you have a healthy relationship with food, you're able to enjoy meals fully without talking about food, without having discussions about food. And one thing that um, one thing that my husband actually pointed out for me in particular, when my relationship with food has improved, I don't talk about food the way that I t- used to talk about food. So I would say things like, even like the diet starts tomorrow type of thing. I would, I would try and justify my food choices as well. Like, oh, I'm not eating a lot of protein, but like I ate a lot of protein earlier or whatever, or like, oh, this fits good into my diet. These are good macro friendly, blah, 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 blah. I don't ever talk about food that way anymore. And it's funny because I am more in tune with how others are talking about food than worrying about my own food choices because I don't worry about my own food choices because I don't need to worry about my own food choices. My food choices are mine alone. And they are very specific to me because that is the most important thing. So how do we how do we work on this? How do we start working on this? Now, I'm going to over the next few weeks um to be talking about mindful nutrition and the ways that we incorporate mindful nutrition in a more step-by-step systematic way. What I wanted to bring attention to today was your relationship with food and what a good relationship with food looks like. I want to point out a couple of things. First and foremost, like I said before, you have to be willing to surrender to the process. That does not mean that I'm saying that I am going to manipulate you into having a positive relationship with food. At the end of the day, mindful nutrition does not work if that is my whole tactic, okay? That is not the goal of mindful nutrition. Mindful nutrition is about what your body needs. It's about listening to what your body needs. It's about understanding nutrition fundamentals, which we've already been over in previous episodes. And if you missed those, please go back and listen. But it's about understanding nutrition fundamentals then understanding our body's hunger cues, putting those together, knowing what we need physically and emotionally, and acting accordingly, and respecting ourselves enough to act accordingly. All right. So the first thing is important to surrender, okay? The second thing that kind of goes with that is paying attention to your relationship or the language you use around food, okay? To me, that is the biggest teller of someone's relationship with food. And I am someone who listens and notices every time someone who has a damaged relationship with food talks about food. It's the way that they talk about it. It's the words that they use that is a telltale sign to me. Okay. And so 
I encourage you to journal that down, write those things down, write if you use the words good or bad when it comes to your nutritional choices and the food that that you choose. I try not to help my clients fixate on nutrition is the second thing. So we try to remove the focus on like, does this have enough nutrients of a certain nutrient? Like you can calorie count without calorie counting. What I mean by that is, oh, that has a lot of carbs in it. Oh, that doesn't have enough protein in it. Oh, you need more veggies. You know, those sorts of things. Those are calorie counting without calorie counting. You're not focused on a number, but you are focusing on the ingredients, and that's still a problem. Um, So try not to fixate on nutrition. Choose what you feel would be good for your body, number one. Number two, what would be good for your mind, number two, okay? Start taking food risks. So this is something that I do try for my clients who really struggle with trusting that process. I recommend taking food risks. What that means is that, for example, I will have clients who won't keep certain things in the in the in their in their house because they are they feel out of control with them. One thing that I encourage them to do is slowly incorporate those foods back in to prove to themselves that they can be trusted. Now, what this does not mean is like, oh, I don't keep candy in the house. I don't say, go get all the candy you want. No, we don't do that. First of all, that's a waste of money. Second of all, that's not helpful, right? Because then you have a choice on top of it, right? You have a choice. You've added a choice. When you go to, to... to choose to eat it or not, you then choose what you want. And it can it can create fe- feelings of FOMO, or if I mess this up, I'm never going to have this again, etc. So what I suggest is like, let's go, go get a bag of candy and let's try and make it last as long as possible. Okay, so we're, we're developing trust within ourselves to be trusted around candy, to be trusted around whatever that is, right? Another important one is making sure you're eating enough throughout the day. Now, that is going to be dependent on the person. If you have an incredibly busy job, that can be very, very challenging, okay? But it's important to not beat yourself up, but to have snacks around. I will say one thing I carry around with me is a snack bag. So I keep high-protein and nutrient-dense snacks that I know are going to make me feel good. They're going to keep me energized throughout the day. I keep them in a little baggie in my bag all the time and I refill it as much as I need because my dog is running around and her nails are really, really loud because she's psycho and won't let us cut them. Anyway, such a distraction. (laughs) Anyway, um, my snack bag is a really powerful tool I have to make sure that I'm fueled throughout the day, no matter where I am. Okay. Um, Three other things that are helpful that are kind of like that require a little bit more effort is trying not to beat yourself up if you mess up or slip or whatever. Like, don't beat yourself up. We're done doing that. The second one is regulating social media. Now, for me personally, when I got first got started, this meant unfollowing all of my bodybuilder friends and I know that some of them probably took it personally. Oh, well. 
anyone who made me feel bad about myself, I removed from my visual view. Okay. This doesn't mean that I can't ever go follow them again, but this is incredibly important to your mental health to remove distractions from you focusing on you and your relationship with food. Okay. It is not a personal thing for them. We need to stop taking follows and unfollows and stuff on social media personally. Um, and then lastly is journaling. And a lot of people are turned off by journaling. One thing that's really important for journaling, in my opinion, is not putting any pressure on yourself to, to journal in the first place, but also on prompts. So what I like to do is give my clients like specific prompts that they can choose from or give them a general thing that they can just write out. Like just write out your food that you had today and how you felt at the end of the day. Did you feel hungry? Did you feel sad? Did you feel whatever? Write out your feelings, how you felt and that let that be it. Something super simple. All right. So in future episodes, we are really going to dive deep into mindful eating, mindful nutrition, and all of those things. If you subscribe to my Patreon, make sure that you are um, downloading and utilizing the resources that you have inside of there. It is very, very important um, because those things are going to set us up for success in March when I start talking about mindful nutrition. So we don't have anything inside Patreon this week, but I encourage you to go back to the other resources and other from other episodes that you have and review that information because it's incredibly important. I have a big freebie that's in the realm of barbell training coming out very, very soon. So I will share that with you guys before that, share that with the public. Um, thank you so much. If you have stayed with me this far, I appreciate you. Um, if you could share the podcast on social media, I would be ever so grateful for you. Share and let me know, tag me at coach Lauren, because I want to know that you're listening, um, so that I can share you and, welcome you. So if you have any questions about anything that I went over today, or if you would like to see um, other topics and other episodes, hit me up on social media. I'd love to chat with you there. Um, But I'm going to end the podcast here. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.